Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. From the Anti-Up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anti-Up PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long. It's May 14th, 2021. You're listening to the best poker cast on the planet. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Lacking Bass Long here. I, I don't even know what that means. Kisenza has been like twerking the uh, audio on the show the last several weeks, and finally now I got the, that deep baritone Kisenza booming out of my. Uh, <laughs> makes me feel like a oh uh, soprano. Okay. Lacking bass. Now I get it. All right. You know, there's a way for me to increase your bass, but you somehow sound like uh, Luther Vandross. I think when I. When I increase your bass, so I, I can't have you sexier than me on the show. Uh, yeah, and to be honest, uh, no one wants to add the bass to the guy that sounds like a combination of Tom and Jerry, so <laughs> not subject our listeners to that. <laughs> I, I hope I got it right this week. I don't know. I'm using these Bose headphones, and it's got the little audio thing, and I, I thought I tried it in the past, and it didn't work, but hopefully it's recording. <laughs> I don't want to do the show twice, so... Uh, we're, we're coming up on 16 years doing this, so at some point we're going to have to perfect it. Before <laughs> we'll get it perfected, and then we'll say, that's all, folks. Yeah. Before you're allowed to retire, you got to perfect it. That's so, right. Yeah, that's, that's the challenge you have now. Oh, man. What's going on? Yeah, we had, uh, so uh, the wife and I were doing a little spring cleaning here at uh, Stately Long Manor, and um, uh, so we did the guest bedroom this time. So uh, now I keep all my anti-up stuff in my office here at the house. Uh, but several years ago, I started buying these uh, box frames, and mm-hmm. my goal was to frame every one of our covers of the Antioch magazine, right, mm-hmm. and display them on a wall. And uh, what kind of slowed that progress was that I, I, I couldn't couldn't source those uh, frames fast enough. Oh, <laughs> wow. We had. Um, and then I also kind of was on the goal of trying to get um, all of our cover uh, the people on the cover to autograph the copy, which I thought would be really cool, right? So um, at some point, I stashed these things in the guest bedroom closet, which I never go in, right? Right, <laughs> so they right. Literally, were forgotten to the world. Um, and uh, so this weekend, obviously, we were cleaning out the closet, and I immediately saw those and remembered that I only got about five signatures. <laughs> 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 Didn't anything else, right? But then uh, buried under a bunch of sleeping bags, Chris was a box of other poker crap that I haven't seen in years, like literally in years. 
And it literally was like opening Al Capone's vault, but actually <laughs> finding something. <laughs> so in this box, among the things in the box, well, uh, is um, uh, two computer games. Uh, one, a WPT game. And remember that TJ Cloutier game that we used to laugh about on the show all the yes. time? Yes. That is in that box, right? I don't even know how we can. I don't even know if it's even playable now. I mean, <laughs> you could have some kind of CD drive, which no computer. I don't, has. I don't even have that anymore. No. <laughs> uh, also, in there were a couple of bobbleheads: uh, David Devilfish uh, Elliot and uh, Stu Unger, which is pretty cool. Wow! And uh, my first pair of Blue Shark Blue Shark Optics is in there. Uh, actually, I haven't even opened it to check and see how they hold up over the years. And um, and uh, remember when we we used to go to the to events and we had that big uh, pop up sign and it was a cover of the magazine. Now it's uh, the grinder. Yeah. Uh, and that's been years since we've had that. But the original one had Vanessa Russo on it, right? Remember yes, that? that's right. I mean, so that. when we swapped it out, I kept that, and that that was in the Trevor treasure trove here at, at our house. And most impressively. Two unclaimed apes bananas. No way. In their boxes, ready to be shipped. Winners either uh, never sent me their address or we never had the events or something. I don't know what, but they're still sealed in their box. Wow. Yeah. And I don't even know what events they are. I probably should have opened them. Priceless. Uh, yeah, no, nothing. Oh, no. Yeah, here they are. Um, one's a no limit hold'em, and the other one is a hose. Not a horse, a hose. Wow. Those were priceless. I remember you had to go to the try to find them at the dollar store. Yeah, no, right? I, I, they were hard to source too. I mean, I never go to the dollar store. I had to go to like Michaels. Yeah, and uh, then they stopped carrying them. And then uh, Walmart had a big box of them, and I bought the entire box one time. So we wouldn't run out. So apparently, we never ran out because we have two sitting here that uh, that went unclaimed. <laughs> well, I got a couple of things to say about this. First, I cannot believe that you referred to the large Vanessa Russo banner as crap. <laughs> I didn't mean to say it was crap. You said a bunch of crap in there, including this oh, stuff. Okay. Uh, but uh, I have to admit something very embarrassing on the show now. Yes. And uh, so this is going to suck. Well, when we used to do the show back at the Times, that's when we did the review. Remember we had that kid on, what was his name? That, um, what was his name, Josh? He reviewed the games for us, right? Oh, yeah, Josh Corey. Yeah, yeah, right. so he, yeah, so he was the one who came in and he reviewed some of the games. We had him as a guest on the show. And we talked about the T.J. Cloutier game. And it was one of the instances where he was like, make, he'd come on and do a video clip or something, and he would say, you know, this is a coordinated board or whatever. And, and then you made a joke and you said something about TJ Cloutier dropping trowel. Yeah, dropping trowel. Right? Yes. And I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> and I thought it just meant like he was saying some sort of like cuss word or slang or something in front of his <laughs> wife. And I didn't, and I just kind of laughed at it and like just faked my way through it. And then like, like about, oh, I don't know, two months later, I like used it incorrectly at the home game. And you kind of just looked at me like, I, I, I don't even know what this stupid Italian is saying to me right now, but I'm just going to kind of like roll my eyes and giggle. But I, I mean, because you'll laugh at anything once you're on a roll, but I know I used it like incorrectly or inappropriately or something. I had no idea what that means. Even today, it's still kind of vague with me, you know, dropping your pants. But at the time, I didn't know what you meant. And I'm like, I thought you meant for sure that he was like, I don't know, like dropping slang or swearing in front of his wife or something. And it's so embarrassing to admit now. I can't believe you brought this up again. I have to go back to therapy. 
Uh, and and uh, to be clear to our listeners, uh, TJ does not drop trout, and it's uh, <laughs> right, yeah. right. I don't even know what the reference came up, but I, I think it was something like, "Hey, no one wants to see TJ include a drop trout." Yeah. <laughs> and I think he said in front of his wife, and, <laughs> and she's only like the nicest person on the planet, you know. Yes, absolutely. Uh, um, but yeah, that was. Those are some of the. Those are some of the good days, man. We used to have our friends from the Times on the show, and uh, wow, a lot of memories. And then uh, the Blue Shark, uh, Shark Optics. So what are you going to do with this stuff? Yeah, well, all right, so here's an idea. Well, first of all, the other funny thing about this is that uh, I have handmade $5 price tags on both of these video games. <laughs> so I apparently tried to sell them in a garage sale years ago, and <laughs> no one would pay even 5 bucks for this quality stuff. <laughs> oh, man, oh, the TJ one, you can play live on AOL.com. That's how old this stuff is, Bruce. Wow. That's See, crazy. Copyright 1993 to 2005. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, so some of the stuff I'm gonna put in our um, what I call our swag box here, which I, you know, if uh, there are charity events and stuff, and they ask us for stuff, uh, we put together a little basket for them. Um, but since there's such unique stuff here, I think what we should do, Chris, is auction this stuff off to the Antioch fan base. I agree wholeheartedly. Let them have an opportunity to to own these treasured pieces of Antioch history. And to benefit a charity very, very close to our heart, the Scott and Chris have been out of work for a 14-months fund. <laughs> they, they've been doing the show for free for 15 <laughs> years, time to make eight bucks fund. Yeah, so all of you said, hey, what can we do to help Annie up? Uh, if we get this auction thing going, what you can do is bid that crap up and pay for it. <laughs> yes, and we're making it more valuable talking on the show again. So <laughs> pure, you know, it's not those NFTs, but it's close enough. Yeah, it's our it's our uh, old school version of NFT. Yeah, too. analog NFT. Yeah, ANFT. <laughs> the ants. <laughs> oh man! All right, so uh, give me some time, but I, I will get something set up. Hopefully, maybe by next week's show, we can share a link and uh, let you guys go crazy on buying these Ace Bananas, the video game where TJ does not drop trial, and various other. Yeah, I mean, pieces I, of anti up memorabilia. I'm pretty sure I got any up stuff here too. Probably. <laughs> I did just throw out an old Antioch t-shirt this week. I um, I haven't worn it in years. Um, it had, like, the armpits were stained from sweating. Oh, yeah. And so I took it out of rotation, and actually I put it on my cardboard Kate Winslet in my office. So, you know, <laughs> she was boarding it for the last couple of years. And then uh, after the Oscars party, when I put her back in her place, I'm like, yeah, I just can't do that to her anymore. <laughs> Antioch Nation, are, are you interested in Scott Long's DNA? <laughs> Start bidding now. The other thing, too, is um, I have, like, uh, all the hands of the week on the pads that I've scribbled out over the... I can autograph those and be like, here's where Casenza fumbled another hand of the week. This one's going for 15 grand. That is good stuff. <laughs> could totally sell that. that. You know what I'm saying? The people who, like, it was their hand of the week, if I could sort of, like, navigate back in time and say, you know, all right, so uh, how much would Jerry Haynes pay for hand four of his ten-hand rotation... <laughs> that Casenza murdered on the show, right? You know, my uh, my alma mater actually auctioned off uh, the old mailboxes from the mailroom. Oh wow, that went pretty well. I, I sadly cannot remember my mailbox number, so I wasn't going to bid on a random oh, one. Oh yeah. So, yeah. But then after the auction, I thought it was 
I thought it was 777, which would have been really cool, um, considering where my life took me, but, uh, yeah. but I can't be sure of that. So. What a fancy school. We had, like, we had, like, a wooden, like, box that just was at the entrance of the door, and you kind of put, like, you printed out your name and put it on tape and stuck it over the wood box. <laughs> and you no got, like... Keys and locks and everything. Oh, no way. We got, like, three things in mail a year, too. It was, like, you know, horrible newspaper, but, you know, I was the editor of it, so I'm proud of that. <laughs> all right so stay tuned for all the right. uh, support scott and chris uh, auction cool all right phil ivy long considered one of the hardest media interview gets we've never got that get no nope. uh, appeared on the 100th episode of the dat poker podcast maybe it's dad i don't know um, uh with host uh, adam schwartz terrace chan and daniel negranio uh ivy started the hour or so interview by joking that it wasn't that hard to get him to be on a podcast negranio just needed to ask he went on to say that life is, quote, pretty boring, with him spending time with his family, golfing, and doing yoga. He also said he was surprised that people thought that he was intimidating at the table until he watched himself on TV. And that if he is in Vegas this fall, he, quote, unquote, is 100% playing the World Series. So, Dad, what, Daniel Adam Terrence, or a D-A-T? All right, so Dad, so yeah, not D-A-T. I guess. Oh, I guess. It could go That's what I'm go. saying. I, I know. I can't figure it out. It could be either way, I guess. I have no <laughs> idea. This is how out of touch we are. You know, I, I, I listen to that show. Those guys do horrible hand analysis. I, I had a post to read you know. <laughs> They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I wouldn't pay a dime for their scribblings. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget. I was at Foxwoods covering it for, I think it was for us and uh, the Times. And I'm like, there's Phil Ivey. And he's, because the way they did it at Foxwoods when they had the World Poker Tour there, they, you were spread out all over the building. You know, and to call it a building is odd. It was the largest you know, casino in the world, so, um, but I'm like, there's Phil Ivey, there's Phil Ivey, and I'm gonna call, I'm gonna talk to him, on next break, next break, you know, and then the break took forever, so I said, let me go get something to eat while I'm waiting, come back, gone, couldn't find him, I'm like, oh, they moved him to the other room, I'm like, no, he's already probably in Jersey by now, I'm like, what? <laughs> he got knocked out of a 10k event in like an hour and was gone, out of the, out of the place, just completely gone, and, uh, never had a chance to talk to him ever, that's like the one thing that, I, you know, I talked to Doyle, I talked to Helmuth, I went to the cab ride with Helmuth, I, you know, did all these things, but never talked to Ivy, kind of a bummer. I actually don't believe I've ever even seen Ivy and all the trips to Vegas and all that stuff. I don't think I've actually ever seen him in a room, let alone got close to, you know. Well, that I did do. I stood around by him at Foxwoods, but then once, once uh, he got knocked out, that was it. So yeah, and that's the only time too, that's the, oh, I never saw him at the World Series. I don't think I, oh, I think I did see him at the World Series. No, I saw him at the World Series. I just didn't see him you know, outside of poker, you know I mean? I never like ran into him like at the commissary or something, you know, just, uh, yeah, but that's, so it's like the whole world's just like forgotten about everything now. Is he back to normal or is he still yeah, all that money? Say, I'm like, I, I now I do remember I did deal Baccarat to him once. So good tip. <laughs> yeah. But you were an edge sorter. So <laughs> you're, you know, uh, yeah, well, you know, hey, you know, time heals all wounds, right? Uh, which is a huge lie, but time does heal most wounds, you know. Give anybody a couple years after anything they've done, they seem like they find a way back, so. It doesn't affect me. Yeah. Either way. Nope. Oh, good. Well, so you should listen to it then. <laughs> all right, well, while poker rooms here in the States have been open for a year now, not so much in the United Kingdom, that changes next week when the famed Poker Stars Live Room at the Hippodrome reopens. Staff says the room has gotten a top-down transformation during its long hiatus, and tournaments are returning immediately. So that's like our threshold, right? Well, you knew once poker returned to the UK, things were normal. Yep. Take the mask off, throw them away, folks. Yep. We don't need to worry about anything anymore. 
It's <laughs> poker in the UK. Hippodrome. Uh, no, that's a really nice room. I mean, I haven't been there, but I, I really want to go there because uh, it just looks fantastic. And then uh, reading the article um, that was on poker, posted on PokerNews.com, it really made it sound uh, like now that they um, they did this big transformation, it's even more incredible than it was before. So hopefully uh, hopefully our listeners over there get that and enjoy some live poker for a change. And uh, I look forward to uh, visiting that room next time uh, England lets us ugly nasty 30 americans back in the country <laughs> cool uh here's this week's update on poker room reopenings in oklahoma cherokee hotel and casino west Siloam 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 springs, Siloam springs yeah. as reopened as poker room we now have 235 reopened poker rooms in the united states and remember antiupmagazine.com slash reopen uh for all those updates and then uh, subscribe to our e-blast uh that sends out every week if you are too lazy to go to the website is there? Would it be easier now to say there are only sixty-five rooms not open now? Or I mean, are we close? It might be, except there's like two hundred still. On oh, okay, we, <laughs> I don't know how many there are. I, I thought it was like around three something in the United States. Is four hundred of them now? Yeah, I mean, there's about. Uh, I mean, it's hard to keep an accurate count because you know what? What do you consider? Do you consider like these social clubs and this other stuff? Yeah. Uh, um, do you count uh, poker pits in some of these casinos that have one or two tables? Right. But um, generally speaking, it, it was before COVID. It was the number I used to throw out often was like around four twenty-five, four thirty-five. Oh, okay. Um, all right. If, if you count all that stuff, right? So, um, but the ones uh, ones we're tracking, uh, I. I Wow, I can actually tell you right now how many we are actually tracking that I consider um, big enough to consider. Uh, 351. Okay. So we're still about uh, 100 away. Yeah, we're two-thirds of the way there. Yeah. All right. Well, any updates? Pape's the Up Fans free online tournament series on PokerStars Play Money site is available everywhere. Details on how to join can be found at bit.ly slash P-A-I-P-S. Games are on the 6th, 16th, and 26th of every month and rotate disciplines, with a main tournament followed by a second chance event. PokerStars lets you claim 15,000 free chips every four hours. And not to be confused, if you play the papes now, you're not getting any bananas. <laughs> the only right. chance to get bananas now are from Scott's the auction. Apes were apes, not papes bananas. That's right, those were apes. And, and so I was going to say earlier that, you know, people pay big money for World Series bracelets they didn't win. You know, we could be looking at a record here for a banana, fake banana. Don't you think? Yeah. It's possible. It's possible, though, those uh, dollar bananas could be our big sellers in this auction that we're hoping to be. What saves my (laughs) retirement? Join the Antioch Fans Group Facebook page and post within the group to get feedback on hands, ask call the floor questions, or just discuss anything poker. Check out our 11 vintage Antioch logo designs on merchandise at antiochmagazine.com slash shop. Buy t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, phone and laptop cases, coffee and drink mugs, and more with your choice of Annie Up Magazine, Annie Up Poker Cast, or Annie Up Poker Tour logos. If you have a hand of the week, listener spotlight, or call the floor submission, email us at podcast at com or post in the Annie Up Fans group on Facebook. Each week we spotlight a listener who emails us at podcast at com, and if they haven't won something from us in the past year, just like we'll do with Call the Floor and Hand of the Week, we'll send them something cool. This is Dave Miller. Uh, he says, years ago, Bally's in Atlantic City had a second chance tournament for players who got knocked out before the final table. You'd put your receipt in the bin, and once the final table got underway, they'd pick seven names 
out for a free roll to get the buy-in back. Great way to encourage players to play for cash while they wait. Anyway, one time they picked my name. I asked the dealer at the cash game if I could leave my chips there or not. He said, oh yeah, you'll be back quick. WTF? <laughs> Does he think I play that badly or that I'll bust out soon? Um, he says, of course, I, I didn't consider how long a dinner uh, break would be. I was thinking that it's wrong to lock up one seat while playing at another seat. Anyway, I sit in attorney, get a thousand chips, and the blinds start at 100, 200 uh, for seven minutes. Seven minutes later, with four of us remaining, he says they're going up to 300, 600. I asked what the level is next. He said he wasn't sure. It's never lasted that long. Sure enough, I busted out a hand later and went back to the cash game where the same dealer hadn't been tapped out yet. He sees me and says, told you it'd be quick. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty funny. And you, you, you and you get inside your mind, you think, oh, there's a free chance to win my money. And so then you end up losing your money at the cash game. <laughs> and then you, you're hoping to win this super, super, uber turbo to get your buy-in back. But it's genius on their part. Yeah, a couple things I like about this. One, uh, I agree with the genius and the fact that it's uh, you know it doesn't cost them much for a, a buy-in. You know, I don't know what that tournament was, probably forty, fifty bucks, maybe. So it costs them almost nothing. They probably take it out of the promotional fund anyhow. So it really, literally, costs them nothing to do it. <laughs> and uh, you know, it keeps you around in the um, uh, in the tournament in the, in the cash game for a little bit longer. I mean, I it, the the lack of genius part of it is is that once the word gets out. <laughs> <laughs> what a complete crapshoot and how quickly it is, then you kind of lose the value of wanting to stick around, right? So, I mean, if I, you know, some usually the, these promotions are like, you know, if you play cash, you know, for the first two hours, like let's say the tournament's at noon, the poker room opens at 10 a.m. If you are in the cash table from 10 to noon, you get a free buy in or something like that or discounted buy in. That works a little bit better, right? Because now here you're on, on the head of But hey, it's certainly creative. Uh, <laughs> the other thing I love about it. So you start out uh, with uh, five big blinds, right? <laughs> and, uh, and then after they knock three of them out, it, uh, you're still short stack. I know. I know. You're always, there's no chance you're not being short stack. If you had all of the chips, 10,000, you still, I mean, it's pretty close to being short just then. Yeah, I mean, literally... Any hand that you play, this is really an all in or fold kind of tournament, right? Yeah. Any hand you're going to play at, at, at any point. I mean, I, I can't imagine any point in this tournament that uh, you get a hand and uh, you have more than 20 big blinds, right? So, I mean, is it even possible to have more than 20 big blinds? Uh, it's crazy. 7,000 chips on the table, so I'm like, wow. I mean, even at 300 to 600, you're still not even 20 big blinds, right? Yeah, so I, I was thinking 10 people. So, yeah, so 7,000 chips. Right, ten big blinds is two thousand. So I guess for the first hand, if you want everything, you got them all in. At that point, you might have enough. But other than that, you have to shove because three X is six hundred. Yeah, it's all in or fold. Do I think you have to? You obviously have to show if you're playing. Like I said, all in or fold. I think in your big blind, whatever your hand is, I think you got to get it in at that point because you've already yeah. put a fifth of your um, a stack. stack in. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, hey, you know, any any two cards against any other two cards, you know, is still 55-45, right? So, I mean, and if there's a bunch of people in the hand, then, hey, maybe you get lucky. But, I mean, I mean the, again, this is one of those tournaments where there's no poker skill involved, right? It, but there is tournament strategy involved, right? Yeah. So, yeah. the players that, that figure out the tournament strategy and don't worry about the poker part are the ones that will have a better chance of getting their, their, their one buy-in back by winning this. So... 
I just yeah. wonder. Oh, I'm sorry. I was gonna say. I just wonder if it's if it's just worth it to just like have the raffle when the final table is made because it it goes so fast anyway. Just pick one name out and hey, you won your buy-in back, and then everyone else can leave or whatever. You know, instead of sitting down and playing for the buy-in, it, it, you still have, it's just it's the same basically the same odds that you're gonna win that tournament as getting your name drawn out of a hat. So well, yeah, I think the window dressing of it adds to it. I guess. I mean, even though I, you know, I would, I would immediately know how horrible of a tournament this is. I still think it would be kind of fun to get in, and it is more for bragging rights than getting the, the, the free roll back, right? Just yeah. being able to say that you want a seven player. <laughs> yeah, all all interfold. Um, so yeah, I mean it's you know it's like any of these other things where you get up like like any of the poker rooms where you, they draw your name out and you go up and spin a wheel. Even if just spinning the wheel just adds a little more excitement to it than yeah. just handing you over the fifty bucks or something, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean in terms of of keeping you in the room though, uh, it's probably not a great long term strategy. So hey, you know what? We get to complete O'Malley's move today. I always love that. So we're gonna listen to part one right now and then uh, refresh our memories and then we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to another O'Malley's Move. I'm Malcolm O'Malley. This week we're playing $1, $2, No Limit Hold'em at a six-handed home game. The action has been pretty typical for a 1-2 home game. It's looser preflop, however this game plays more passive than aggressive with a lot of limpers. The blinds post, the under the gun folds, and we look down in the MP at the Queen of Diamonds, Jack of Hearts. We bought in for 200 and after losing 100 added on another 100 so we have 200, but we're down 100. Queen Jack off is a decent hand six-handed, and we would like to buy the button. We make the table standard raise to $6. The cutoff and button fold, as does the small blind, but the big blind min raises us to $12. This player is fairly new to the game. He plays pretty timid, but can often overplay big hands and draws, which makes him lose value. He bought in for 100 and has had some ups and downs tonight, but is just about even at this point. We're going to make this call. Yes, this is a strong move from a blind position, but I really feel like we can outplay him on the flop. With about $25 in the pot, the flop is the 10 of clubs, 9 of clubs, deuce of spades. Our opponent thinks and then checks. I want to end this right here without having to see a turn. We make a pot-sized bet of $25. Our opponent pauses and thinks, and then tosses in the call. There's now $62 in the pot, and the turn is the queen of spades. Our opponent pauses again, and then shoves for his remaining $63. So, it's 63 to win 125 with top pair and an open-ended straight draw. Would it make any difference to mention that our opponent said, want to run it twice, before we made our move? What is the move? Well, the way our opponent has been described, he can be anywhere here, uh, so I'm calling. I'm not a big fan of running it twice, uh, but since there is a reasonable possibility that we are behind here, I might indulge that request. Might! Yeah, you know, no one asks to run it twice unless they're behind. I, I, don't, I don't ever imagine being ahead of somebody monster and go, hey, I'll give you a second chance to win. You know, I, I think that this guy's going to be behind, so I'm making a call. Like I said, I don't know if I'll do the run it twice either, but I'm definitely calling. But wouldn't it be awesome if you had, like, quads and you said run it twice because, you know, you're like, there's no chance you're going to lose. <laughs> run it 60 times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here comes part two. Hello again. 
Was him asking to run it twice an angle shot? I really don't think so. He's genuinely new and didn't realize the implications of his statement. My guess is he's probably on some kind of a flush draw. Maybe nut clubs? We call and he asks again if we want to run it twice. We say yes and our opponent tables the ace of spades, king of spades. I did not see that as the hand he was going to have. We get a bit of good news as the rivers come down the eight of clubs and eight of hearts and we scoop this pot. Until next time, I'm Malcolm O'Malley saying it's hard to know how your opponent plays when they don't even know. I hope to see you on the felt. As I've told my non-poker playing friends often, I'd rather play against an average poker player than a beginner. An average poker player, you can narrow down. A beginner can be anywhere at any time. Proven well here, so but I'm glad we scooped. Two overs, nut flush draw, and a gutter to Broadway dodge twice. I, I you know, I, I don't know if I would have run it twice when I had seen his hand. I might have just been like, nah. But I guess you gotta agree to it before you call. I would have realized that was a horrible mistake to run it twice. And yeah. and to the guy's credit, I mean, that is a hand where you want to run it twice because you're like, there's no way I can lose twice, right? Yeah, that's that's a monster hand or monster or whatever. One half of the pot and, and uh, then I'd be free rolling on the full pot, right? But nope. It's, it's weird, though. I mean, he sees the queen with only one card to come and he shoves. It doesn't sound like a beginner to me. It sounds like this person had some sort of skill yeah. in this. True, you know? true. Because the, the way he knew it was two overs, he knew he had a flush draw, he knew he had a Broadway draw, and then he shoves it with one card to go. It's not like, you know, you turn on the television and you watch people shoving on the flop all the time and you think, that's what I have to do. This is sort of an interesting move to get you to fold. And uh, But we called and we won. That's Faded it twice. That's great. Fantastic. All right, it's time for the AdvancedPokerTrain.com Head of the Week. Send your hands to situations to podcast at antmagazine.com. If you haven't won something from us in the past year, you would get a free membership to Advanced Poker Training the world's number one poker training site. And uh, we are in the home stretch with the Jerry Haynes 10-hand marathon. Chris, hand number seven today. Now I'm, I'm categorizing all of these to make sure, you know, so they're all cataloged here in case Jerry wants to buy these from me. It says Jerry number seven on it now. <laughs> all right, if you've uh, not been following along, uh, this is uh, being played on, on PokerNow.club for 25 cent, 50 cent, no limit, hold them. Uh, these folks all seem to know each other. And uh, Jerry says, this is the very next hand after I folded the queen queen to the river shove on last week's show. And my stack is back down to 150. We are still five handed. Uh, one note, one quick note, by the way, he said, while this is a 25, 50 cent game, all the players here could hold their own in a one, two game. And most of us could play three, five. We play these stakes to keep the game fun. But keep that thought in mind when analyzing strategy as there's a decent amount of metagame going on in these hands. Much like our, our, our dormant home game in Antioch, right? Yes, a lot of meta. We're all playing with our minds right now from all over the county. All right. Uh, all three uh, – our hero says all three players ahead of me limp. And I look down at the king of clubs, ten of diamonds, in the small blind. Hey, you just limp along. Right? I mean, what else could you say? You're not going to – be out of position with a double, you know, gapper, two gapper, you know, unsuited, you know, they're limping, you're limping, and you hope you hit it big. That's what I do. Yeah, and again, remember, just keep in mind how vulnerable this hand is. Um, I mean, I'm playing this hand because of the metagame, right? I, I'll be able to, you know, I'll be able to figure out how to play against the players right on the cards, and if I get lucky, you know, flop that Broadway, that would be great, too, so. Yeah, the first hand I ever played a live poker, ever, live poker, not tournament poker, 
and the King Ten of Clubs at it's weird we're bringing this up again with Foxwoods. And the very first hand ever dealt to me, the guy raised 15. I called with his stupid hand. And I ended up losing like half my stack the first time I ever played a hand in poker. It is, it is a bad hand, so don't go crazy with it. Unless you're convinced you can get them to all fold and take down some money. Even that, I mean, we're talking about a really small game here. So I'm just limping for the, what is it, 50 cents? So 25 cents to limp in now because he's a small blind? Yeah, I, I still got a little um, uh, uh, traumatic syndrome over it. King 10 from years ago, back when, uh, remember Ultimate Bet? Oh, yeah. And uh, when we were able to play cash on that, um, and I was a horrible player at that point. That's right when I was beginning to, to play, right? And uh, and I was in a 2-4 no-limit game on there. Can you imagine that? Wow, that's weird. stupid I was? Because that's like 10-20 in real world, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I had just hit a, a flush against like three opponents, an ace-high flush, had massive amount of money that I never thought of, and then I'm like, I'm gonna ride the rush, and then played King Ten suited, hit my flush, and boom, all gone. <laughs> you know what? I remember, I remember distinctly the post you made on our blog back then. You had your your feet in the sand. Yeah, so the right? Aruba tournament. You yes. were so close to going to the Aruba tournament. What what did you finish? Was it second or no? Uh, no, it was I final think, table. Top three got the trip, and I went out fifth because I made a weak call. I called it all in with, like, ace-10 or something because I thought that was a great hand because you played it. <laughs> and uh, I, the guy that, that shoved was, like, ace-king, ace-queen, whatever it was. He had me out kicked. Oh, so it was a play I would never make these days, but back then uh, I was too stupid, which sucked because, really, I was, like, two spots away from getting a free trip to Aruba, which would have been amazing. Oh, so. man. All right, so I'm going to correct this now. So it's a 50-cent dollar game, right? Uh, no, it's a twenty-five cent, fifty cent. Okay, it is that. Okay, so we are in a small blind. We don't have to pay twenty-five cents to see the. Correct. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. So I would, I would just limp along. All right. So we're all calling. So is our hero and the big blind chicks. He says, "I think my call here was a mistake. My hand is probably strong enough to take the lead against three limpers, even though I would be out of position for the entire hand. I probably should have raised a three or four dollars to thin the field and possibly get the heads up against one opponent, but I did, uh, did not." So we go to the flop with all five players in the hand. It's your basic bomb pot. Um, well, I mean, again, I guess if you feel comfortable outplaying your your opponents, which it sounds like he is, I, I might be able to defend or raise there. But for me, I, I think I'm I'm throwing that quarter in on a flyer to either flop big or or, or get a flop that I feel like I can outplay folks with. So yeah, I I, 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 I the quarter rather than the three or four dollars. Yeah, I'd rather put just a quarter in. All right, there's now two fifty in the pot. And the flop is the nine of diamonds, ten of spades, tray of hearts. Of course, we are first to act. Well, of course, we hit the top pair with the second best kicker. Um, unless somebody has ace ten, you know, limpers could be limping with pocket trays. If they had nine nine or ten ten, they probably would have raised. People could be limping with queen jack. It's possible. So they got straight draw. I, I want to bet this hand. I don't want draws to get there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm going to bet. I'm going to probably bet close to pot, yep. like two bucks. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, it wasn't the flop we were hoping for, but it was a it's a pretty good flop for us, and we got to play this fast and um, because, you know, there are not a lot of cards that are going to come on the turn that are going to be exciting for us. So. Exactly, and ace-ten would have raised pre-flop. So unless somebody has some weird two-pair, or not weird because nine-ten can be two-pair, but um, really you should probably be ahead of these people. Yeah, at this yep. time. All right, here it says with top pair and backdoor straight draw, I feel like I need to bet here for several reasons. One, I need to start defining ranges as I'm out of position to most of the players. And uh, most of the players. All the yeah, players. <laughs> no, the big blind is 
right? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yes, sir. Um, no, oh, no, just, no. He's small blind. Yeah, you're right. All the players. All the yeah. players. I keep thinking he's in the big blind for some reason. Don't question me, Casenza. I've been Sorry. doing this show for 16 years. Yeah, let's sell this NFT. <laughs> <laughs> this is valuable. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, all right, so I, I'm out of position to most of the players. And secondly, the board is fairly wet. So there will be a lot of cards I don't like that could hit on the turn. So all the stuff we just said, so yeah, yeah. we're on Team Jerry here. Uh, with this many players, I decided to make a larger bet and go full pot here. I bet yeah. 250 and I'm, I'm called by the big blind and the button. Wow. wow. Love when that, that, that full pot bet uh, thins one player out of the field. Or two, uh, two out yeah. of the field. Yeah, right. Uh, he says the big blind is one of the tighter players in the group. He will try to steal a pot every now and then, but won't put a bunch of chips in the middle unless he either has a decent hand or a good draw. The button is Eric. He has been in enough of these now, uh, including the last two hands that I feel I felt like he should get to hear his name mentioned on the podcast. There you go, Eric. And uh, as you already know, uh, his range here is pretty wide. The problem now, here now is what those callers is. If you check, they could be floating you and just steal it. So now you're going to have to bet the turn again. This is what sucks. And you're out of position. Yeah. That's why you don't ever want to be out of position in hands. Yeah, so, yeah, really your options are to bet the turn no matter what it is, and even if it's dangerous and and uh, suffer the consequences of that. Or, as you mentioned, check, and, and you really are giving up the hand at that point. Um, or check calling if it's not going to be that big of a bet. But you know it's going to be in this in this game, I think. So that's rough. But, hey, we took our stab, took our stab at it. It didn't work. You know, hopefully a Tanner or a King will come and yeah, things will be all right. All right, he says there's now $10 in the pot, and the turn is the Queen of Clubs for a board of Nine of Diamonds, Ten of Spades, Tray of Hearts, Queen of Clubs, and, of course, we are first to act again. Uh, well, this 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 hurts because if somebody was going for the straight draw, they hit the Queen or they made their straight, you know. Um, this sucks. Um well, I think we still have to bet because what we talked about earlier, regardless of the queen, we if we check, somebody could steal it now and represent the queen. So we have to be like, hey, we're not scared of that queen and make some sort of decent bet, like five bucks. Yeah, yeah, I, boy, I, I think you, I think you're right. I think you have to make that bet. Um, it does help that we picked up that uh, uh, gutter. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but but the queen again, as we mentioned before, there weren't a lot of turn cards we we're looking for, and this was certainly in that group. So, um, and with two players, you know, it's reasonable to assume one of them just helped. So, tough spot to be in. But uh, yeah, but I would rather not give up on this. Um, I mean, I guess the the uh, counter argument would be if you check here, let someone take a five dollar stab at it, and it might be worth the five dollars to see if you, you know, hit that jack. Or that, you know, if he was stealing, and then he'd check, and then he checks behind, and yeah. all of a sudden, he turns over crap, and you win. Yeah. But uh, the thing is, that you, I hate it when you check, and then they bet, like, 14. Right. <laughs> and you're like, oh, is he just trying well, to steal it? The problem, too, is there's not a lot of improvement possibilities here. I mean, obviously, the jack would be the best card. A 10 would be pretty good. Uh, the king is no longer something I'm excited about, because that gives it straight to somebody else. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, although I guess they would have already been there by now, right? Yep. So, but, but we can't, can't improve against them. So, yeah, I mean, um, it could have Jack nine or I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm, yeah. It's, there's a lot of, a lot of problems here. We're just hoping to, I, I'm going to bet just because I don't want somebody to steal it from me. So I'm going to bet five bucks. 
All right. Uh, here it says, I've now upgraded to a straight draw in addition to second pair. However, King Jack just made a straight, and Jack 10 just improved to a draw, so this card could also hit one of my opponents. I personally don't like building big pots with just second pair, so I decided to check and proceed based on how the players behind me act. If it, if it goes bet raise, I'm probably folding, but would probably call if it goes bet call or check bet. All right, kind of what I was thinking. Mm, but, uh, yeah. Uh, both players check behind. Wow. A little better, as I would have expected a hand like King, Queen, or Queen, Jack to bet with three to a straight out there. So, yeah, I'm wondering now if uh, if we're up against a made straight here that's not really concerned, because there's not a flush possibility now, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you had that King, Jack, what are you worried about now? Because um, an ace is going to... It's going to prove your hand, but you're, you're still got the same straight. Yeah, only a paired board. Only a paired yeah. board is something that would scare a king jack. Now, other, other than that, nothing else scares you. So you might slow play it, hope somebody bets out in the end. If not, then you bet and hope and they call. A board at this point, I'm wondering if you if you have two pair right now uh, or a set, uh, somebody should be betting here. Yeah, right? you're right. So. Yeah, so yeah, if I'm sitting on King Jack, maybe maybe uh, uh, a check is the right way, and hoping that a card comes that helps somebody else, but doesn't help them enough, and or or letting somebody even bluff at this, be fantastic. So uh, it's gonna be interesting to go back and talk about this hand once we know all the hands. So, so we basically are check calling now. Anything reasonable, we're not betting. Obviously, no matter what happens on the river, we're not betting unless we get our straight. And even yeah. then, you're still worried. But even yeah, even the straight, I think I might check and just check call and and hope that that's still good. So, mm. all right, all right. Um, let's see. Uh, he says both players check me on, which makes me feel a little better, as I would have expected a hand like king, queen, or queen jack to bet there with three to straight out there. With the pot still at ten dollars, the river is the queen of spades. So the final board is nine of diamonds, ten of spades, tray of hearts, queen of clubs, queen of spades, and we are first to act. I still think we're going to check just because of all the stuff that you put in my head. You know, <laughs> like if that King Jack really did want us to bet out now, and then he'll raise us. So, you know, if somebody has a queen, now they're in bold. They have three queens, we're still losing. So that didn't really change anything. The paired board might scare the straight person, but then again, we talked about that. So uh, I think I'll just check call something reasonable. If somebody bets five bucks, so I'm going to call it. I actually think it's possible that we could get a walk here too, right? Because if you're a King Jack here, you're not really emboldened to bet here, unless you probably did all that thought that that I just did. And right. That uh, the paired board isn't going to um, right. affect you, but uh, but I would think most players in that situation would be upset and just check and, and hope that their hand's still good rather than real, you know, open the betting. So but yeah, we might get a walk here. Let's see. Uh, he says, unless I was being trapped, second pair should be the best hand here a lot. With that said, I'm not sure what hands would call that I am beating other than maybe Jack-10. It also put me in a pretty crappy spot if I lead out and get raised, so I decided to check. Big Blind now wakes up and bets $5. The button folds, and it's back to us. Yeah, I'm just calling. I'm happy with call here. Guy could be trying to steal it. He could have the queen, whatever. But, I mean, we have second pair, second kicker. Uh, we went through all this in our head already that, you know... Does the straight really bet here? Maybe. But five bucks is reasonable because I wanted to bet five on the turn anyway. Yeah. So I'm calling this all day and twice on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, I'm going to win 20. So, I mean, I, I mean, I know obviously the big blind has been described as, um, I don't know if it's described as fairly tight, but um, not the not the type that you would expect to be bluffing here. So. Right. But uh, but I, I think that five dollars is a good investment to get some information on and hopefully win the spot. Yeah, I'm calling. All right, Harris says, I certainly wasn't expecting this since the player's one of the tighter players in the group. 
With that said, I would have also expected this player to bet out for protection if he had hit a queen on the turn. He could have a hand like ace-10 or ace-9 here, but I don't think he's the type of player to go for thin value. I'm getting 3-1 to one and do expect to be ahead here more than 25% of the time, so I decide to make the call. Yeah, I don't think ace-10 is possible. I mean, I'm just guessing, but why wouldn't have ace-10 have raised? Like, was he ace in the big blind? Starts on the flop, right? Yeah. Or, yeah, re, re, right, even pre-flop. Right, pre-flop and then even after yep. that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. All right, so we make the call. He says, I guess my read about thin value was wrong. I returned a pair into a bluff as he turns over the seven of diamonds, nine of clubs, and I win a nice little pot. Nice. Yeah. See, that's what <laughs> so, he's thinking. That we, he's thinking yeah. we took a stab, uh, and then uh, you know he said, oh, I got second pair. I'm going to call your little 250 bet. The queen came. Everyone checked, so we were all afraid of the queen or the ten. Then the river come, we checked, and now he's like, oh, how could you check again? My nine must be good. You must have been taking a stab at it earlier because you would have bet again on the turn. So he's trying to get value out of that nine, thinking that nines and queens are probably good now. And then, wow. So he was in the blind, though, so that's why he had seven nine. Yeah, so I think the only problem with, with that uh, line of thinking is that just like our hero said, uh, you're only going to get called by a better hand, right? I yep. mean, you're not going to get called by a worse nine here. Yep. Uh, um so that's the only flaw in that. I mean, I, I think everything else is the way he stayed in this pot. Um, you know, he took that flyer on the on the flop. Uh, the queen, obviously, he was scared about the button having it, so they checked around, and then um, we check again. That he probably did the same thought that we did, and that queen didn't change anything, right? But the problem is then, uh, uh, I mean, what what hands are you going to get to fold out that? Uh, well, that's just it. Is I think he thinks he can't. Maybe he thinks he couldn't win without betting. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm like that, that was the mistake he made is because I, I don't see uh, any worse hand making that call. So you know, if you're betting there, you're you're going to get called you know a decent amount of time by a ten, which is what happened here. Um, you know, unless somebody was sitting on a tray, that's probably the only thing. Some kind of weird like ace tray or something, and just didn't get anywhere. I mean, that that's a hand you could get the fold out here. But. Well, you got the big blind to fold. I mean, you got the uh, button to fold. So I yeah, mean, yeah, I gotta assume they worked. Have any? The button was on a draw of some sort, which I don't even know what that draw could have been. Um, maybe he had a jack and and missed. You know. Yeah, he's hoping to get the ten to fold. He's hoping to get another nine to fold or a ten to fold, and to hope that you hit that. He's going to hope they think they hit the queen or that he had the straight and he slow played it like you talked about earlier. I mean, he's just hoping I can't win without betting, but I have something in case somebody thinks I'm bluffing and they had an ace-high flush draw that they stuck around with or some weird, which really isn't possible because it's four suits on a turn. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I don't get it. It had to be some kind of straight draw. That yeah. would be a thing. But, but, you know, I guess it'd be cool if we had like an instant poll of poker players to figure out who would have folded the 10 here and who would have, because I, I don't think I would have been confident enough in making that bet with that seven, nine that I could get a 10 to fold here. I mean, cause our hero didn't, we, we weren't none, neither the two of us or the hero in his hand, uh, were willing to fold for $5 here. Yeah. So now, cause we wanted to bet $5 in a turn. Yeah. So I, I got to assume most players with 10 would have called here just to, if nothing else, like I said, just to look you up and see what you had. So, yeah, yeah, he he must he, if he wants to bet because he thinks he can't win, he's got to bet more than half the pot at the end. He's going to have to be like I'm shoving or something to try to bluff and makes people think, you know, what some weird way of doing it to make you say that's just too much for me to call, but it's not enough for me to, you know, think you're bluffing or whatever, whatever the reasoning behind it, but um 
Yeah, that's tough. I, I'm, I'm glad we won, though. I'm, I, I wish we'd kept stats on how many hands Jerry won in this streak so far. Oh, I'm sure he'll tell us next week. Yeah, yeah, because he updates every week. So, <laughs> All right, I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. We'll see you at the table. Anti-Up is a production of antiupmagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at antiupmagazine.com. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at antiupmagazine.com or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.